And he's like, I, I didn't think I have to teach her to fight. She was going to a deaf school. <laughs> I guess I was wrong. I guess I got to teach her. <laughs> the whole conversation's like, why'd you think she went out to fight going to deaf school? Yeah. I don't know. Just <laughs> Assholes are everywhere, dude. <laughs> just because you're deaf doesn't mean you're nice. Like... <laughs> Welcome to the What's Our Ready Podcast. We fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Carter. I'm here with my co-host, Alec Burgess. Let's get it. We appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead and hit that follow, subscribe, like, bell notification button. Tell a friend about us. Uh, tell, I don't know, who should they tell about us here, Alec? Uh, tell your therapist about us. Oh, that's a good one. Damn, I can't believe I didn't think of that one. Tell your therapist I think I stole about it. us. I think you did think of it like four months ago, mm. and I stole it back. Hey, I mean, it makes sense considering the movies we're getting ready to review. So I think it's relevant. Yeah, tell the therapist about us. The other thing I want to ask, it's just I haven't done in a while, but go leave us a review. If you're listening first time or you haven't done it yet, you know, go to Apple Podcasts or go to uh, Podchaser and leave us a five-star review. Great way to help us grow the podcast so we can continue to give you shenanigans and content throughout. Sidebar on that, if you leave a one-star review, Leave a comment and let us know why. Yeah, no shit. We're okay <laughs> if you think we suck. Just 100%. Tell us why. Yeah, tell us why. So if it's something we can change, we can change it. Yeah. If you don't tell us why, we're going to keep on doing the same stuff we always do. And we're probably going to give you some shit about your one star. That is true. But if you tell us why, we'll address it and we'll, we won't give you as much shit. Yeah, I mean, we'll start with shit. But we'll probably <laughs> we give everybody fix the problems that you tell us about. So, but yeah. And, uh, you know, if you're listening, watching, we appreciate you tuning in. Today, we are here to talk about Creed 3. It was released March 3rd, 2023. It was written by Keenan Coogler, Zach Balin, and Ryan Coogler. It's directed by Michael B. Jordan. Stars Michael B. Jordan, Tessa Thompson, Jonathan Majors, Wood Harris, Felicia Rashad, Myla Davis-Kent, Jose Benavidez, Salinas Leva, Florian Montano. And Thaddeus J. Mixon. Thaddeus. Um, God, it's a great oh. name. The movie is about Adonis, who has been thriving in both his career and family life. But when a childhood friend and former boxing prodigy resurfaces, the face-off is more than just a fight. It's a relatively new movie, so if you haven't seen this movie and you want to avoid spoilers, now's the time to pause the podcast. Go watch the movie, then come back and pick up where you left off, because we're going to spoil the shit out of this thing. But uh, yeah, let's talk Creed Three, man. So I have a confession. Yeah. I didn't see Creed one or two. Ah. So a little bit of just confusion that I had. Uh-huh. Was Adonis really from the streets being Apollo's kid? Yeah. So like I feel like anybody would have nabbed him up. Or yeah. is he just kind of like bouncing between home and home because he didn't want to live with anybody? It was kind of one of those things where he didn't necessarily know. Like he knew what he didn't know and like there was a, I can't remember because it's been so long since I've seen the first one, but like Apollo left and they kind of talk about it at the, in the end of this movie or in the big yeah, with scene his mom. with his mom, Apollo left mom couldn't at the time or didn't want to take care of him. So he was put in the system. Gotcha. And so like, that's why he was in the group home. That's why. So it wasn't, I, again, I'd have to go back because it's been a while since I've watched the original Creed, but they cover quite a they bit, cover bit why? of that. Yeah, because he's kind of an angry fucker. And, yeah. and in the first one, like, that's his issue. Like, he just wants to fight. 
everybody and, and is trying to prove something, but he also doesn't tell anybody that he's Apollo Creed's, Apollo kid. Creed's kid. I don't remember what name he's going by. I don't even think he uses the Creed name in his amateur fights or the fights he's going through. And then of course he meets Rocky helps him and yeah. Gotcha. Cause it was during that scene with his mom where I was sitting there and I was like, wait a minute. First of all, your name's Adonis. Yeah. They gotta, they gotta tie the knot there with Apollo. Right. You gotta make that connection. If you're anybody. Yeah. And I was like, really, if you know, Apollo Creed, big man, big name in the boxing, you know, pugilism <laughs> stuff. Like you'd think any gym would just nab him up and figure out a way to get yeah. him fighting. But that makes sense if he didn't really want to be associated with Apollo or was just mad at the world. I get it now. Yeah, that was one of his things. Like he, it was important for him to like make it on his own. And so he never actually used his name until Rocky convinced him, look, dude, you just got to own who you are. Gotcha. Okay, cool. That makes more sense to me now. Yeah, and I, (laughs) you know, I will say like Creed 1 was really damn good really good creed 2 was kind of like a rocky 4 revisit like that's why you saw so the the big guy that he spars with and gets his arm broken drago it was drago's (laughs) kid and he was like the main antagonist in part two him and his dad so ivan drago makes a return with old dolph lundgren coming back so it's kind of like this (laughs) duel so it was okay but it was like more nostalgia, yeah, less kind of pure fan service. Like, let's connect these two back up. But I mean, it was an interesting story about the fall of Ivan Drago after he loses to Rocky, and you know he has this kid, and and they actually brought back Brigitte Nelson, and like it was, they brought them all back, and it was okay. Uh, so I mean, it's worth a watch if you're a big Rocky Four fan, which I am. So it was very, it was very nostalgia heavy, really good. I will say I have some issues with this one, but what I don't have issue with is the acting in this. Like, yeah, damn, very well really acted. Good. Yeah, I mean, we had an all-star cast. Hale Loris made an appearance. We had uh, that's right, good old Jonathan Majors, who's just been in everything recently. Yeah, dude, guys on um, fire. But yeah, it didn't feel like a boxing movie. Yeah, couldn't decide what they wanted to do. And just threw something together and threw them in a ring. So, yeah. Okay, here we go. So what were your kind of issues with it? Put you on the spot for once. You know, <laughs> I think they played really heavy into some very familiar tropes. And okay. I didn't like it. Like, I get it. You're dealing with how do we tell this story and have the focus be on the characters and have it. I mean, it's a boxing movie. That's the big difference. So, look, I'm a huge Rocky fan. I think Rocky 1 was one of the greatest films ever made. And the reason I like it a lot, and it's still a classic, is because it's a movie about a guy who's in a really not great situation that works his way into a much better situation, gets lucky, works his ass off, and then there's boxing involved. You know what I mean? It's not a boxing movie. It's not a movie about boxing. It's a movie about a guy and his life and where he's at and boxing is kind of the vehicle they use to tell his story and creed one and to a degree creed two is that same 
layout, right? And I think that's true for most of the Rocky movies until probably four and five. Four is just such like a hype movie that everybody, you can't help but love it. The whole theme of the US versus Russia, like that was a weird, Rocky five was terrible. I'd love to just pull that one off because (laughs) it wasn't a movie about a guy with boxing as the backdrop. Like it needed the boxing stuff to keep you interested in my opinion. And that's because the story they were telling is one we've seen a million times, right? Like it's the whole two people are set up to get in trouble. One gets away. The other doesn't with the small twist of one didn't take the full blame for the other. He, the other just ran away. Right. So it's just a little twist on that, but we've seen that in thousands of movies and that whole storylines up front to lead to this big ending fight that to me was super anticlimactic. If I'm being honest, like how'd we go from round two to round 11 and oh, it was in that nice little uh, vacuum box. Yeah. Where which, they were like, <laughs> which was <laughs> weird at bunches. first. And then as I was watching it artistically, it was really cool. Yeah. Very different, very unique. Loved it. But then when it came back and it's like round 11, I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, that was, yeah, it was cool. But it was like the energy wasn't there. Right. Cause that's what sports and the boxing movie does they add that kind of crowd aspect even though it's artificial yeah but that lets the kind of environment that you and it was just silent i was like okay it's uh it's cool you know something we haven't seen before mm-hmm. but it wasn't didn't feel like it was a heavyweight championship of the world type of a bout yeah well and one of the things that people love about boxing or about the rocky movies is that they have figured out the formula of the fight, right? Like, right. And I appreciate the fact that they didn't want to go. Uh, I don't want to go there yet. I want to talk about some of the other issues that I had with this film. It felt like a first time director. That was okay. the other, like to me, like I was like, yes, this is Michael B. Jordan's first time directing a film. And that's okay. Like that's not, there's nothing wrong not. with that. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I get it. Your first time directing a film. The only thing that's a struggle is, I think he did himself a disservice by directing such a major beloved franchise piece first. I think you need to get your feet wet in a directing format. Go direct some TV, go direct a, an indie film, something like that that lets you get used to it because you could tell that he fell back onto the old, like I said, these tropes of filming. There's really weird artistic shots like where there's like the shot in like, I think, I don't remember where they were, but I think it was maybe the shot in the, where they separate and there's like a wall between them. One stops, the other staring at the yeah, wall. Yeah, it was the locker room shot, right? Yeah, I was like, Jesus. I was like, that's a pretty heavy. Yeah, it was after he beat the shit out of the the champ. I'm like, wow, okay. Yeah, you're a first time director and you're trying too hard. You know what I mean? So it was like one of those things where he had these weird artistic choices, but they were so familiar I was like, yeah, you're a first-time director. But that's just me being a dick. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just visually it bothered me because it stood out to, uh, he's trying too hard is what I felt like. And I get that from a first-time director. That's what you're going to do, right? You're going to... Got to make your mark somehow. Yeah. It also felt like he went back in the writers. This is on the writers more than him, I think. But it was like watching all of like the major, most successful parts of the past of the five Rocky films thrown into one movie. I was like, okay, 
this feels seen like it, lazy it, writing it. to me in a lot of ways. So yeah, I think those are my big issues. Now I say all of that because it sounds like I'm shitting on this film. I'm not. I'm just saying I had some small issues in that arena because of like the things that distracted me from what was going on in the film. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how'd you feel about Dame and Adonis's relationship, I guess, or the, that whole storyline did that? Cause that felt a little bit forced at times for me. Mm-hmm. I guess it was like, I knew what was going to happen 15 minutes into this movie. Sure. And I don't, typically pick up on those things or pay attention to them. So if I'm getting what's going down, it's being spoon fed to you almost. I almost would have rather had like Adonis top of his game. There's Dame's fighting up, but he's fighting under an alias mm. of some kind. Then he meets Dame and, or meets Adonis for the title and does his thing where he's like cheapskate fighting. Mm-hmm. Right. And beats Adonis, and then it's Adonis working back to, you know, figuring out his theme and everything like that. Because mm. having Adonis as the promoter for the fight, I was like, oh, I know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. And then you get Felix in the ring after, you know, their sparring bout. I was like, oh, I know exactly what's going to happen. And then it was no surprise who's going to come in and beat Dame? Adonis. Duh. Sure. And so for me, it felt like the boxing films, I guess, where you get involved in pugilism. The one thing that I always go to is like the underdog story. Mm. Right? It's 100% the thing that when you get the formula down, that's what it is. It's just the underdog story. And this felt forced. Yeah. Felt like forced a double underdog story, right? Yeah, double underdog story. You're both old. Yeah. And you're older than he is. <laughs> like, got two 45-year-olds going at it in the ring didn't feel natural yeah. and I would have believed it more if instead of going out on a win, Adonis goes out on a loss and it's a loss to Dame. So then he's coming back to win the title. And I would even have Dame having fights and just knocking off everybody, all contenders yeah. with his way of fighting. Yeah. That would have been, I think more enjoyable for me personally Sure, to watch versus whole story of this was you're old you can't do it mm-hmm. you're old you gotta get in shape old 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 he's older than you are and that was the story is two old guys boxing yeah yeah and that's like i was saying like that's one of those things so the when they brought back rocky in the rock with a movie called rocky balboa where he's this old man and they did this espn did this like simulated fight like this 3d simulation of all the greatest fighters and they were pitting Rocky as a champion against the current champion saying Rocky would beat the shit out of this kid. Young kid gets pissed and says, ah, whatever. And then Rocky goes and gets his boxing license back. And then as a really old man who should not have been in a ring and it would have never been sanctioned in a million years, gets back in the ring and fights this champion and doesn't win, but puts on a good show shows this guy that he's, it's actually a decent movie, but that's what it felt like is they're like, okay, so we're going to take this piece of Rocky Balboa and we're going to put it in both of them where neither one of them should be fighting. They just get their chance because of underhanded tactics. And then the fact that they're used to be the champion and they need their revenge based on what just happened. And that's what I mean. Like all of these tropes, you hit it right yeah. on the head. Like you're just, cause it was very predictable. 
And it's not hard to tell that Dame's going to, like, the guy that comes in and beats the shit out of Drago and knocks him out of the fight, well, no shit, that's going to be an old prison buddy of Dame's. He's set himself up to take this role. Yeah, get this chance. Yeah, and he's worked his way in there, which in real life, this dude's going to jail. He's going back to jail. You know what I mean? Because they're going to be able to tie him to this freaking dude coming in, thumping him, and they just acted like it was some crazed fan. Well, they're going to have connections. They're going to be able to see. The police have these really cool things or shitty things, if you want to call them, depending on who you are, that connect your known associates that have been in prison with you. (laughs) Like, this guy's going back to prison. And plus, this was kind of an exclusive party. In order to get in, mm-hmm. you have to have a tie somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to even know about it, know where it's at, know who's going to be there. It was a little just, I guess, haphazard is a better term for it. Yeah. To where, like you were saying, they took the best parts of other movies that worked and figured out a way to put it into at least a coherent storyline. Yeah. Now, I do want to talk about the positives. And yeah. One of the things that I really liked was the fact that, and what I wish they would have leaned a little bit more into, most of the boxing sequences in these movies, especially the Rocky movies, like they're very patterned to them, right? The first couple of rounds are like feeling each other out. Then your hero's getting his ass beat, but it's like he's holding his own, but he's not winning. And then there's like this desperation at the end of the fight where there has to be like a, you know, come back and then they end up, digging deep and in the rocky movies either one or there was a draw you know it was, it was rare that he lost you know he loses in the first one he lo- spoiler alert loses in the first one technically <laughs> loses yeah <laughs> loses in rocky balboa again on this split decision things like that but like it's a pretty cut and dry formula what i liked is they subverted that formula in this film i wish they'd even done it more the whole movie I'm watching this going, you know what would be dope is if they didn't have the, like it was never in doubt that Creed's going to win this fight. You know what I mean? Like you've, you've set up this whole situation where he's got to find himself again. He's got to let go of the guilt of the past and just let that part of himself, the situation that put him in the current situation, be a part of who he is. He needs to accept it. I loved that aspect of it. Even though it was really heavy-handed, I also liked the fact that his training was shit for a while because he still couldn't get all this stuff out of his head. He's getting his ass handed to him. They're saying, we just don't know. You could see that they're saying, this isn't going to work. And then all of a sudden, he has this moment, figures it out, training's working again. And it kind of was like that in the fight where they were evenly matched until the end. Like There was some back and forth. I would have liked it to be even more that it was never, ever, ever, even in, like as the crowd's watching it, like the announcers are going, look, Dame's just getting outboxed, whether it's because he's old or, you know, he used these dirty tactics versus doesn't you know, have enough experience. Yeah. Like this is a former champion that was beating people's asses, whether he's over the hill or not in a boxing world he still is outclassing this guy that's been in prison for the last 16, 18 years, whatever it is. Yeah, this is his second match. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he, and he, and he kind of cheated to get the first win, right? Oh, yeah, so, definitely. And I say kind of, he did. Like, he set himself up as this boxing partner, 
loosened his shoulder up knowing he was going to force his way into this fight. So it was just one of those things where I wanted them. And like you said, there was never a doubt that Creed was going to win, but not to the extent that they give you in a lot of these other boxing films. But I would have liked to have even had it be more of make the announcers go, look, dude, Creed's going to win this fight. You can tell just by the way they're going. I think that would have been a nice subvert of expectation, subversion of expectation, so that I'm like, this is cool. I like that. That mixed with what took me a second to get used to it, but a very cool artistic sequence without the crowd. But I just want that to be one round and then go back to my other, my loud crowd hooping and hollering, get my adrenaline pumping. That's the other thing that I wish. But from that story perspective, like I, I liked that piece of it. The other thing that I really liked, and I mentioned this earlier on, was the acting. Look, Jonathan Majors has been in everything lately, but that's because he should be. Like, just hire this fucker for everything because he killed it in this movie. Like, I like Michael B. Jordan. Jonathan Majors stole this movie. Like, absolutely stole this movie. Easy. Yeah. To kind of piggyback off of your saying, it would have actually been really cool if in the fight, you just got... Jonathan B. Majors getting his butt kicked. Yeah. Right. But just not giving up, not lying down. So you can even have it still go the full 12 rounds and go to that card decision, but have him like showing that mental toughness almost. Cause then I think that would make the artistic scene a lot more impactful. Cause one of the coolest parts of the movie was when you get their point of view and they see the younger version of their opponent. Right. Yes. And you know, that's kind of the tipping point for, Adonis where you know he's accepting the past is the past and choosing to live in the moment mm-hmm. so I think if you had just had him wailing on Jonathan B. Majors but the dude just keeps getting up he's not staying down you know this is his one shot or whatever he he wants this he wants it bad but he's just outclassed yeah I like your idea that would have been amazing yeah it would have been and I think that would have taken us back to what I really what I think this movie didn't do as good as it could have done. And that is, like I said about the Rocky movies, it would have been a movie about these two guys with boxing as the backdrop, right? You know, reconciling their relationship and them and themselves and what they've had to go through on both sides. Because that's the other thing that I think that this movie kind of let me that let down Jonathan Major's character should have had a few, a little bit more than just the villain. I think you had the opportunity in this film to not have him be as much the villain. And I think they tried to lean into that. And it was, that's why like, he's a very likable actor. And so you kind of feel for the dude in a way, but the underhanded tricks and, but I think they could have had some sort of dialogue that showed, Hey, I did what I had to do to get my shot. I knew you weren't just going to give it to me, no matter how good of friends we were. So I did what I had to do to get my shot. Like, I think just one line like that would have made you go for, okay, I get that. Right. Yeah. But I, like you said, I think, they had, it was some really beautiful shots, the weird artistic round, the shots of them staring at each other and seeing their childhood friend. They had the opportunity, instead of being so heavy-handed with the tropes, to be a little more subtle with the fact that we're watching two men try to reconcile with themselves by working on and, and reconnecting after a tragedy and a very shitty situation separated them and they did their thing. Like I think you could have had that movie with boxing as the backdrop. And I think that's what they were trying to do. They just didn't do it as good. And I think that might've been a writing issue. It could have been the fact that Michael B. Jordan's a first time director, but the bones were there. 
you know, like you've talked about. And I, I think it could have been a phenomenal movie instead of just a good movie. Yeah. Well, I agree with that. Yeah. Anything else you had you wanted to bring up? Man, the supporting cast, like, I think I want to talk, because you mentioned... <laughs> Hail Loris. Hail Tessa Thompson. Tessa Thompson is... And she's been great throughout the trilogy, because she's been there from the beginning. Because her whole situation is she's partially deaf, right? And she has... It's not just... They made it seem like in this movie, if you haven't seen the first one, you wouldn't know that she actually has uh, a syndrome of some sort. I don't remember that creates the partial deafness and then the music that she was doing made it worse and like the performing in the loud. And so that's why the, their daughter inherited that from her fully deaf. So, but she's been this staple throughout this trilogy that has really kind of been who grounded him. And she's the one, it was a very good mimic of Adrian in the Rocky movies and how, you know, she was the real rock for Rocky. I uh, didn't, I didn't mean to do that <laughs> double there, but you know, and so I really shout out to her. I don't think she gets enough credit when it comes to these movies because they're boxing movies and she's the background. The other one is that little girl is adorable. And I want to see her becoming a boxer. You know what I mean? Yeah. That would be a dope. Cause to me, some of the best parts of this movie were the interactions between Creed and her, the little girl, like watching him train her, teach her the moment where she beats the shit out of that bully. I was like, get her. <laughs> and then, but you got to teach her how to control that shit, right? Like you can't just because you know how to fight and you're obviously a student of your father's and you've seen him fight and figured some things out. You can't just use that shit. To me, that was like, I was like, Ooh, I want more of this because those oh, two yeah. were really good together. And she was adorable as shit. Like, I loved her. But she's a little feisty. Yeah. I like that, that character. hilarious, that kind of whole sequence. You know, Tessa Thompson and uh, Michael B. Jordan are talking. He's like, I, I didn't think I have to teach her to fight. She was going to deaf school. And I guess I was wrong. I guess I got to teach her. <laughs> the whole conversation's like, why'd you think she would have to fight going to deaf school? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Assholes are everywhere, dude. <laughs> Because you're deaf doesn't mean you're nice. Like, <laughs> but I was cracking up because it was, you know, a huge part of the story. Mm -hmm. And they didn't talk about it, which I would have appreciated them leaning more into mm -hmm. is that Adonis isn't really the strongest guy out there. He's not the tallest guy, biggest guy, whatever it is. He's the smarter fighter. Mm -hmm. He uses the right amount of force with his punches. He's able to hit that spot that he needs to in order to get the advantage on guys who are taller, stronger, longer reach and can punch harder. And I don't know if they leaned into it in the kind of the first two movies with this style a little bit, but I would like to see more of the tactical fighting as it were. Yeah. Well, and that's, they did in the first two kind of show him training a little differently just because he wasn't because Rocky had the same problem, right? Like he, right. he's undersized fighter body. He's a lefty on top of it. And then you add in the, in the first movie, they, bust his eye socket up so he has no peripheral vision so he's got to be he's got to box silly because he's offhanded so they did kind of lean into that and i i'm with you like i think they started to because that first fight that the slow motion shit was cool showing him setting him up for those big body shots at the end of the fight mm -hmm. to win it for him and i wanted more of that in that last fight checkmate i was waiting for the checkmate. Uh, yeah, too. yeah like <laughs> 
because he was so confident and it was so like, and then like that final fight, like you see it right at the end when he splits that weird double-handed guard that he's Dame's doing. But like, I wanted to see more of it. Like, how are you setting him up? Cause I thought that was cool. Cause it showed what you're talking about, that strategic mm-hmm. stuff. So they had that at the beginning and then they abandoned it for some reason at the end. But yeah, I think the supporting cast too. And I, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, Myla Davis can't stole the movie for me even more than Jonathan Majors, the little girl. But then you have Felicia Rashad, who's carried this movie as his mom for a while, like throughout yeah. the trilogy. She was great. But I think the acting, the people that were in this as far as characters and actors, they did a fantastic job. Yeah, I think that's my final thought for this before we go into ratings was that, at least for me, was that with this cast, with this story, this movie should have been even better than it was. That's, yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't. It wasn't bad. No. It just wasn't. Like, I didn't walk away going, damn. Yeah. I walked away going, eh, okay, that was fun. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. It was money well spent. Yeah. It was worth it. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So we ready to rate it? Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Dang it. I knew I shouldn't have volunteered. <laughs> Let's see, Creed, Creed, Creed. Uh, so yeah, just to kind of echo what we talked about, it was good, it wasn't great. I enjoyed a lot of it, but I found at times that I was pulled out of the action just because of the way they were filming it, the started on plot points and then they took those away or they just kind of felt like they were trying to do too much and then still cram it into under two hours. I could have done if they leaned either way, really, and go Creed 3 and just talk about Dame and Adonis when they're kids a little bit more to have a culminate into some sort of final fight or just spend the time Dame's out of prison. And the entire movie is about his kind of rise, if you will. So I think that they had so many things going that they didn't pick and choose. And so it just kind of felt a little bit haphazard throughout. I'm still going to give it a three out of five though it was better than you know average better than middle of the road i'd watch it again just throw it on for some background noise or whenever when it comes to streaming but overall not a bad movie so i'm gonna give it a three out of five nice i'll kind of mirror what you talked about i think they they tried to juggle too many balls and they dropped a couple but the ones that they kept up i think they did as good as they could do with in most cases and i think there were some that they really could have done better with and knocked it out of the park but i overall i don't think it wasn't like we're talking about a failure of a movie i think we're just talking about a culmination of weird circumstance right a first-time director like a series of most movies don't have more than two writers so you get three writers involved plus you also have the the fact that this is a connection to a very successful movie franchise of six movies it also had some drama surrounding sly stallone not being involved which I don't think is a bad thing. I just think the drama that came with it wasn't good. But as far as the movie goes, it was entertaining. I think there were some parts that could have made it better, like we talked about, but I don't think, I think they were just small things that would have enhanced the movie versus big things where it had glaring mistakes. But I'm with you. I think the the most important thing that I can say is it felt disjointed. And because of that, it pulled me out because they were trying to do so much. I got distracted by some of the, the more telegraphed elements as well as the things that just didn't make all that much sense within the narrative because they were laying groundwork and then they just abandoned those things. 
So it was just kind of felt a little disjointed, which pulled me out. But overall, entertaining movie. I think it was a good third piece of this trilogy that they've made. I thought they enhanced in a lot of situations where the emotional piece of it, I just wish they would have leaned a little bit more into some of that. I'm with you. I'm going to give it a three and a half. I think it's a way better than average movie. The acting carries it way beyond that. And it was, it was fun to watch. I think it was also interesting to see some of the more strategic boxing. Most movies like this in the, in the past, it's just, we're all just going to stand there and put our chins out and let it, you know what I mean? Power punch. Yeah. <laughs> and we all come away just a little bloodied and battered instead of dead. Like, but it's, you know, so I liked that there was a little more choreography to it. And you, I mean, it's a movie, so you have to have some of that, them getting their asses beat because that's the entertaining is watching those, those hits land. But overall, I can't complain about this movie at all. Three and a half for me. It's good. All right, Alec. All right. Tell everybody where they can find us, buddy. Happy to. Thank you for tuning in to our review of Creed 3. Glad Mattson missed this one as I was in no mood to fight with his stubborn bahuki on the rating. What is your verdict on Creed 3? Am I off base? Please let me know in the comments below. And if you enjoyed the episode, drop us a like and a follow and check out the other content we have on every major podcast platform. Just search for What's Our Verdict. Check out our episode of Dune while you're at it. That's right. With part two releasing at the end of 2023, I'm getting ahead of the Dune 2 hype train. You heard it here first. (laughs) So go listen to that episode so you can appreciate a time of peace and quiet before I join the pod. Special thanks to our current patron, Ginge Binge Appetite. Your Patreon names are legendary. If uh, you decide that you would like to more directly take part in the podcast, you can join us on Patreon, where every dollar earned goes towards giving myself a shot at the world featherweight. No, that's not. Or welter. No. Okay. Heavy, heavy, heavyweight <laughs> champion of the world. <laughs> With that, I will send it back to the wazier of WAP, Jack Dunn's baby, JJ. Yeah, that was good. They'd have to create a new category that <laughs> the world overweight champion for me. <laughs> um, we actually know a boxer, my friend. He used to be part of this podcast. Yeah, hey, good, good old, old Javier. Yeah, Javier. I went and watched him box one time, and then I was like, mm, I could never do that. I don't like getting hit in the face. No, it's kind of not very fun. Boxing <laughs> uh, hey, boxing's not my, no fighting is my kind of sport. That's That shit hurts. Thanks for the nice outro, Alec. We appreciate it. As always, we appreciate all of you for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Hasta la vista, baby. Cinematic out.